Morning, everybody. Um, our reading is from Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 49. The tree and its fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart, building on a solid foundation. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays a foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. As I say, we're going to be looking at those verses in Luke chapter 6 that Mary has just read for us this morning. Now, I think from, from reading the Bible, it's pretty clear that God wants us to think quite seriously about who we are and about how we live as human beings. And a big part of what Jesus was and is doing is enabling us to become new people with new motivations and new characters as we follow him. Now, none of that takes away, of course, from the fact that God saves us entirely by grace. Uh, we're not saved by how good we're doing or how good we are. Life is not an exam and salvation is not getting a pass on a test. Okay, it's a free gift from God and it's given to you fully in Jesus Christ so that he has done everything needed for your salvation. But actually the shaping of our character is an important part of that salvation that God gives us. Uh, to use a, a biblical term, our sanctification, which means our becoming more holy, becoming more like Jesus Christ ourselves, that is an essential part of what God's grace does and is doing in us through his spirit when we bring our lives to him. So in this chapter, Jesus has been talking uh, about all about how we should think, and how we should speak and how we should live towards one another as human beings. Uh, he talked about our attitude towards those who are poor and hungry and sorrowful and in need around us. He talked about our attitude on the other hand towards power and riches. He's spoken in this chapter about us loving not just our friends but also loving our enemies. He's spoken about us being generous and forgiving rather than being judgmental and harsh with people. And at the center of it all, if you remember, he's urged us to do all these kinds of things because that reflects the character of God himself. And now he concludes all of this, what he's been saying, with two pictures, a picture of a tree and of a building, which tell us that these kinds of things he's talked about can only happen if we start with what's inside. We know that, don't we? We know that it's that the person we've become inside 
the things that we've come to believe about ourselves and others, for example, those things inside will profoundly shape our interactions in the world. So that what comes out of us is actually reflecting what's going on within us. We know that, don't we? And Jesus likens it, first of all, to fruit going, uh, growing on a tree. Now, how many of you younger people, do you like fruit? Do you like fruit? Yeah? I've got some apples here. I've got some apples. <laughs> Lovely apples, these. Some of the finest apples. Isaac, you want apples? These lovely, lovely red apples. Now, these ones, I'm telling you, they, they've got a bit of age on them and a bit of an aroma, which actually, I'm just going to let the aroma out outside when I open it. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful these are. Now it's pretty obvious, isn't it, from that fruit seller just now, that there's, there's good fruit. What about Are you done? <laughs> it's pretty obvious, isn't it, that there are good fruit, and good fruit, good fruits, they look great, they taste great, they smell great, and they're good for us. There are yeah. bad fruits, which yeah. probably wouldn't want to eat, yeah. and they smell, they're not very nice. And I should probably put them in a bin. <laughs> now, Jesus was using that as a picture about how we live, you know, what we do, what, what sort of, how we behave, you could say. And, and he's kind of saying, look, think about how you live. <laughs> think about how you live, he was saying. And realise that actually sometimes the way we live can be a bit like really nice, good fruit. And people will see it and they'll enjoy being with us and, and the things that we do will actually do a lot of good whereas actually we could on the other hand live in a way that is a bit like that horrible disgusting fruit that i showed you that bad fruit he said which actually doesn't do much good to us or to other people so he was using that as a picture of how we want to live uh, as human beings now there is some coloring in that So good fruit or bad fruit? He says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. And that's a picture of our lives, Jesus says. A good person, he says, brings good things out of the good that's stored up in their heart. Whereas the evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart because it's from the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. In other words, it's what's at the center 
of our lives that most powerfully shapes how we, we will then live outwardly. Now, we know that from horticulture, don't we? You can't separate the type of fruit that grows from the type of tree that is producing it. As Jesus says, you don't get figs from thorn bushes. You don't get grapes from briars. In the same way, Jesus says, we, you can't separate a person's actions from what's going on in their heart. Whatever has shaped us most in here and has become the main driving force of our lives and that could be all sorts of things, by the way. It could be things from the past, experiences that we've been through. It could be future desires and longings that we have in here in our hearts. It could be uh, things that we've come to believe about ourselves and others. And, and Jesus said we kind of store them up like a treasury in our heart. They, we begin to keep them there, those things, those experiences. And, and they fill our perception so much that they really do powerfully begin to dictate what we do. And now what that means is it's no good us talking about living well or being better people or indeed imitating God, as Jesus has said, if we don't start at the center, he says, with where our heart is and with whatever thing we've come to believe and is most influential over us, because Jesus says that ultimately is where it's all got to flow out from. Now, I've been growing a tree. It's the same hat, I know, but <laughs> I've been growing a tree here. It's doing quite well, do you mean? This is actually a cherry tree, this one. By the way, I've traveled a lot, so you'll probably detect all sorts of accents. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cherry tree. It is actually it's a cherry. Cherry. This is a cherry tree. Do you like my cherry tree? It's a red. Do you think you've got some cherry? Thing is, I, I don't mind cherries. I don't mind cherries, but I prefer bananas. <laughs> now, I was wondering if I could have some help. So you don't think that, that it won't will it? I mean, that's silly, isn't it? You can't sellotape bananas on a cherry tree and expect it to start growing bananas because it's a cherry tree. The tree has got to change if I want a different fruit. And Jesus was using that a picture of how actually what it's really important to think about what we believe inside so that what comes out in our lives as we live will reflect 
what's there in, inside us. It would be crazy to sell a tape some bananas on the branches of a cherry tree and hope that it'll convince the cherry tree to grow some more bananas. The, the tree's core defines the fruit. And Jesus says we need, our hearts need to be shaped by something good if we want goodness to come out. And as becomes clear, as Jesus continues, that good thing which he says will shape our lives in a good direction is actually Jesus himself and what his gospel, his words tell us. Now, the other picture that Jesus uses actually makes a similar point to the first one. He says the strength of a building relies on its foundation, its, its starting point. <clears throat> so if you build a house, he says, without a foundation, the building's gonna collapse when the storms come because it's been placed, it's not been placed on anything solid and dependable. But if you build a good foundation first, he says, and then you build the building on that, it will stand. In the same way, he says, if we hear what Jesus is saying, and then we, you know, imagine we just hear what he's saying, but then we go off and ignore it. And instead we keep building our lives on other things or other events and experiences we've had or other voices, uh, other narratives perhaps that we've been told about ourselves. If we go and build on our lives on those other things, instead, if those things shape us, instead of Jesus and his gospel, it will be like, he says, trying to build a house without the right foundation. But if we build our lives on all that Jesus is and has said and has done for us, and if our living grows out of that, then he will be able, as our foundation, he will be able to sustain us in times of trouble, even when we feel most shaken around, you know, like those storms in, in Jesus's picture. And we'll be able to stand because Christ will be the foundation of our lives. And even if we're feeling like we're falling apart a bit, Christ will remain strong and we can put all of our weight on him just like a building can on its foundation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and even when other things around us or other things from our past perhaps or other pressures, when those start to try and re-exert a controlling influence in us, you know, they, th these other things, these perhaps these memories from the past start to muscle into us, into our minds and our hearts. We should then be turning again to Jesus and remembering that it is Christ who now defines us as his people and that we will both listen to him, but also as he says here, not just listen, but actually live out, put into practice the truth that we have received in Jesus Christ. How we live needs to be built on something solid or someone solid actually, and that someone is Christ. Now, by the way, notice, <clears throat> this means that you do not have to be all power, the all powerful one and have all the strength and be self-sufficient and invulnerable yourself. It's the foundation that holds you up, Jesus. Our culture, that we live in might tell us that we need to be and we should be bulletproof, always strong, always secure and on our feet. But actually none of us can always be that. Only Jesus can. 
We are always vulnerable ourselves, but Jesus Christ holds us up by his grace. That's that picture of the foundation that holds the building strong. So he says, Jesus is saying to us, build on me, he says, rest all your weight on me. Hear my words and put them into practice in your life. In other words, I think what he means is actually live out of the gospel. Because the gospel is the most true thing that there is. So, so hear it and live it. And don't, it's not, the gospel mustn't just be a theoretical thing for us. It's not even just intellectual. The gospel isn't just up here in our heads, but we actually live it. Put it into practice, Jesus says. Then you're going to stand. Not because you're strong on your own, but because you stand on Christ and he is the foundation. So those two pictures that Jesus gives us, the tree with its fruit and the building with its foundation are actually quite similar because they both connect our outward living of our life with what's at the heart or the foundation of our lives. And we need some, somewhere firm and dependable to build on. We need somewhere good in which to be rooted so that we can flourish, be fruitful, in order to be built up so that we can be a blessing to others in the kind of ways that Jesus has described in Luke chapter 6. And Jesus uniquely is able to take that place at the center of our lives. So following on actually from what Aston has just said at the end of that time of prayer, what, what does it mean for us to build our lives on Christ or to root them in him? We well, notice back in Luke 6 again, in verse 46, Jesus says, it's no good us just saying, Lord, Lord, and then nothing else happening. It's no good, in other words, just saying some words about Jesus or even agreeing some doctrines about him, but not really letting Christ into our lives to shape us. Uh, James, as James puts it elsewhere in the New Testament, that sort of faith which doesn't lead to actual action is a dead faith. Whereas true faith always leads, he says, to a shaping of who we are and how we live. Because true faith, I believe, is not just a thing in your head. It is an orientation of our whole life towards Jesus. It is to inhabit, faith is to inhabit a whole new story in Christ. It is to have Jesus shape everything and it involves your whole self, therefore. So faith is your whole life, not just your mind, but your whole life being given over to God and letting Jesus take root and more and more define who you will be. That's faith, not just intellectual agreement. It includes that, of course, but it's more than just that. I love the way the Apostle Paul put it really powerfully uh, when he wrote to the Galatians. He said, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Let me say that again, that this is the Apostle Paul in Galatians. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And the Spirit of God, I think, always produces fruit in us as we do the same, as we live our lives in Christ from that wonderful gospel that he loves us and gave himself for us. So when Jesus says here in Luke, that we mustn't only hear what he says, but also put it into practice. I think he's asking us if we're actually going to allow him to define our lives. 
to come in and take charge, if you like, of who we are, and therefore to become the type of tree that we are, shall we say, or to be the place, the foundation from which our whole lives are now going to be built. For Jesus to therefore reconfigure and remake your heart in new ways. Are you willing to do that, Jesus is saying? Are you willing, for example, to let go of things that need to go? And to then take up new things that God leads you towards? Are you willing to believe what God says about you rather than some other version that you've heard in your life elsewhere? To hear Jesus and actually follow where his voice leads because that is when the power of God really can begin to do real things in us, amazing things sometimes, as we actually ask Jesus to take us somewhere and we say, by grace, I will follow you, Lord. So faith is trusting him to actually do some stuff in us and make things new. You can buy those fake plants, can't you? And they look fine on the outside, but they never change. They always are exactly the same as they were before. And we don't want our faith to be like those fake plants. You know, they look somewhat okay on the outside, but, but nothing's really going on or going anywhere. What we need to be as Christians is like Jesus says, those real living trees where the life of Christ is actually flowing through us and where there can always be new seasons of fruit growing, for example, as God leads us towards them. New callings, perhaps, that God leads us into. New places he leads us. New things to learn, always. New things that God can teach us. But if so, that involves a willingness on our part, and that's our faith. An opening up of oneself to the power of Christ. Now listen, that doesn't mean that life will always be plain sailing from our point of view. You know, to use the picture of the fruit tree, some years the fruit might be more abundant than other years. Some years some pests might eat away at us a bit. Um, or outside conditions might just hold us back somewhat sometimes. Or parts of the tree might get damaged in life. But the fact remains, the core of the tree will always ultimately be defining what fruit comes. And notice it's the type of fruit that matters here, what Jesus says, it's the type of fruit, not so much how much of it there is. What we want is good fruit rather than bad. And even a handful of good fruit from Jesus Christ in our lives, good fruit that brings blessing to others, is far better, a handful of that is far better than shed loads of rotten fruit that does no good in the world. With fruit, it's how good it tastes that really matters, isn't it? And in the kingdom of Christ, you will be very relieved to know that we are not in a league table to see who's got the most. It is more like a family orchard where Jesus really cares about producing good apples how many? Well, we'll see, you know, however many God wants to produce. But however many there are in our lives, though that fruit will taste good when it's the work of Christ in us because it will be a Christ-like character. Now, at this point, just before I finish, 
I just want to read to you something that Rowan Williams has said, which I think is extremely important at those times when we feel like we're just not good enough and not where we want to be as Christians. So Rowan Williams once said this. He said, we long to change and to grow, and we are rightly suspicious of those who are pleased with the way that they are and cannot seem to conceive of changing any further. Yet the torture of trying to push away and overcome what we currently are or have been, the bitter self-contempt of knowing what we lack, the postponement of joy and peace because we cannot love ourselves now, those are not, he says, the building blocks for effective change. We constantly try to start, he says, from somewhere other than where we are. But then he says this, but truthful living involves being at home with ourselves, not complacently, but patiently, recognizing that what we are today at this very moment is sufficiently loved and valued by God to be the material with which he will work. And that the longed for transformation will come not by refusing the love and the value that is simply there in this present moment. Now, I think what Ryan Williams says there is extremely important. Psychologically, it's very important. Yes, we long to change, he's saying, and God will change us, but he loves us already now, and he comes into our, li our lives now just as we are because he already loves you. And we've got to remember that lest we end up despising ourselves and becoming disheartened or thinking God's going to get fed up with me because I'm not there yet where I need to be. No, as, as that quote says, we must recognize that what we are today and where we're at today in our lives at this very moment is sufficiently loved and valued by God to be the material with which he's going to work. And so that means we accept the love God has for us right now, just as we are today. And that enables us to go on in patient faith, patient with ourselves and trusting God, because if God loves us, he will not give up on us and he will never despise us. He will, as the New Testament puts it, complete the good work that he's already begun in us. And that's the root, coming back to Jesus's two pictures. That's the foundation that we have in Christ, remember. It is the gospel which tells us you are loved and Christ died for you. Even while you were sinners, Christ died for you. So trust him as you go forward in your life and accept the truth of his love for you right now at this moment where you are. Not when this or that happens or not when I get there, but now, right now, God loves you. And that is, that is what gives us our hope. Hope beyond our own strength, beyond our own potential or determination. It is much more than that, what Christ is doing. It is Christ in us, remember. His spirit rem remaking us. God has planted a new tree in your life, within you. God has laid a foundation, a new foundation, under your feet in the gospel. It is the crucified and risen Jesus. And that means we can keep moving forward. It means there is always hope and it means there is always more to come as we trust in Jesus Christ. We can't do it without it. This is a, this, all that Jesus has talked about 
and concluded this chapter with. It is a deep-rooted kind of change. It's the sort of thing that only grace, only God working in us can achieve. It's a new birth. Is it, you know, the New Testament says it, it's a new birth. It says it's a new heart. It's a new self. It's a new creation. All ways the Bible describes it and all of it flows from Jesus Christ, the risen one, whose life even emerged out of death and ultimately will for us too, from our death into new life. That's what God can do as we bring our lives to him in faith. So come as you are in faith, knowing that he will lead you forwards and onwards to where you need to be. Amen.